Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that everyone and anyone is welcome to enjoy, but it's also a podcast that may not be welcomed by anyone and everyone. So listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. I had a Red Bull today. I hated every bit of it, but it worked. Mm. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi, guys. Kristen had a Red Bull today. I hated it. You guys, there's something out there. It's like a water with protein and energy in it. Don't know what it's called, but it's phenomenal. Hmm. Better than any Red Bull you'll ever have. So hmm. invest in that. I'll get you like the info on it later. Yeah, but it's amazing because it's just water with protein. If she remembers, energy. are you thinking Pedialyte Sport? Because no. I saw a commercial for Pedialyte Sport the other day, and I was like, mm. I'm kind of into that because my man keeps drinking Gatorade, and it's disgusting, just like sugar water. Mm-hmm. So, oh, uh, by the way, different. by the way, I'm Kayla, your host, and I'm Kristen, your co-host, and let's get started today. Um, I know. I know that you guys have already had an episode this week. If you haven't seen it yet, what the fuck are you doing? It's available for free on YouTube. It's our first ever bonus episode. And we covered the case of Marquise Lloyd. So go check that out. I'll put the link below just so you guys can access it. And then if you go to any of our social media pages, it's in the link in the bio. Just click on our YouTube channel and it's the first video that pops up for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get started. Oh, wait, let me give you some like, you know, warnings about this week's episode. So this week's episode is from back, back, back in the day, back in the day. And when we do cases from back in the day, all the details aren't necessarily verifiable. I'm just going to tell you every single thing that I've read <laughs> and you can just kind of Make your opinion from there because we can't be sure. Okay, let's get started. Okay. Come back in time with me to the year 1911 when racial tension was at an all-time high and stress from the Reconstruction period was affecting everyone. So much so that many people turned to religion for a sense of hope and safety in such uncertain times. But what happens when a religion encourages you to kill in order to be reborn, to slaughter the innocent in order to be innocent yourself? Join us as we discuss the gut-wrenching, heartbreaking beliefs and behaviors of 17-year-old Clementine Barnabet. Ooh, that literally gave me chills. (laughs) Or Barnabet. I don't know how to pronounce it. I love both. Barnabet. Barnabet. Barna, Barna beds, Barna Bay. Okay. <laughs> I hang out. I, I didn't hang out with both. I like that name. I'm going to change my name from Ball to Barna Bay. Don't do that. It'll be associated with the killer. That's, that's a fact. Okay. And probably a lot of white people <laughs> that have the same name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so very little is known about Clementine's early life. And if you can't tell by her name, she's a girl. Just want to let you guys know that. 
And so she's also a black female. And she was born sometime in 1894 in St. Martinville, Louisiana. And she's beautiful. Kristen, how can you tell from the pictures? I just look at her. What do you mean? I couldn't tell. I'm going to be honest. The pictures were hella fuzzy to me. And and she's probably beautiful. I'm not taking that away from her, but I couldn't see shit. So <laughs> you guys be the judge. <laughs> the pictures will be posted on blackjucrime.com and our Instagram. <laughs> well, I can tell I can see something. And from what I'm seeing, <laughs> blurry or not, she looks like she's pretty. Good. I'm happy yeah. that you think she's pretty for sure. We know that she had at the very least one brother named Zephyrin and her parents' names were Nina Porter. I also saw it as Tina Porter and Raymond Barnabet. I also saw that she may have had another brother as well. So she may have two brothers. Who the fuck knows? Raymond was really abusive to his whole family. And somehow this abuse led to them moving to Lafayette, Louisiana in 1909 when Clementine was around 14 or 15 years old. So if you're not familiar with Louisiana culture, I'm not. (laughs) There's a lot that goes down in Louisiana, including the dark underbelly of the state and some of the practices. Kristen, go ahead. I can see your face. Yeah, voodoo, baby. There you go. A lot of voodoo and a lot of dark magic. I don't know if it's still like that today, but back then it was definitely heavily, you know, a thing. Prevalent. Mm-hmm. Definitely. There you go. Cute word. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what point in her life her family decided to join this church, but her family decided to join a church called the Church of Sacrifice. Whoa. Mm-hmm. This church was a branch of a congregation called Christ Sanctified Holy Church. And it was centered like their headquarters was in Lake Charles, Louisiana. The Holy Church was created as an alternative to the Methodist Church. And that's like a version of Christianity, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. In 1887 on Chincoteague, I'm going to put the right. <laughs> I think you did that right. Chincoteague Island, Virginia. Yes, that's what it's called, where the horses are. Oh, Kristen, you know about it? I know all about it. I wanted to go there for camping. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. But yeah, so a group of people there in 1887 were convinced that although they were san- they were like sanctified in the sense and being forgiven b- by God for their sins, they couldn't really be saved without the second blessing to achieve entire sanctification, which is what I'm going to girl. I'm giving it to you. A second blessing is basically a holy experience with God. And it's different from the first blessing. And that's when you decide to just dedicate your life to God. You know, when you convert or however you want to call that, it's different from that. And it's said to cause significant change in a believer's life. So first blessing Mm, That's cool. Second blessing is where it's at in their minds. Sanctification is just the process of becoming a holy vessel or completely pure in God's eyes. So like most Christians, like Kristen and I are Christians. Don't Mm -hmm. fucking come for us. Um, You can if you want to. It's fine. I love you anyway. But don't don't listen to us. Like, don't you know what I'm saying? Don't I don't want to hear your fucking mouth anyway. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like what? <laughs> we are cursing Christians. I'm not judging way. you. I'm not. Ju- if you're atheist, do whatever makes you, you know, feel good. Whatever has nothing to do with me. But me and Kristen are Christians, and and we believe that you can only reach that level of holiness like when you get to heaven. Mm-hmm. But other religions like Judaism believe that you can reach close as close as you can to that type of holiness here on earth through like certain types of behavior or choices, stuff like that. So, okay. So also makes me want to think like, what type of holiness are we talking about? Like, because it's different God, types. Yeah. Cause like, cause yeah. Cause you're saying the utmost holiness, like the first blessing was just like to get our foot in the door. And then like the second blessing is like, Oh, you are seen as pure with no sin, like that type of holy. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. No such thing, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, Everyone has different beliefs. Everyone so. has different beliefs. But it's so crazy that like we believe different things within the same religion. It, umbrella and umbrellas are huge. They can be very, very huge. Like yeah. I think religion is an umbrella itself. And beneath it is every single religion, you know, thought of. And then beneath that is like the subdivisions of those religions. So it's a lot. It's a lot. The people on Chink. Cote, Krista, I can't Chinkatee. say this word. Chinkatee. Chinkatee. Okay. So. <laughs> Chinkatee. 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 Okay. 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 I'm letting it go. <laughs> I pray to God I never say it again. Thank you. You will. So the, the people on that island believed the same exact thing, not as us, but as like you can reach that holiness on earth. And so the group started to spread this belief. And in 1892, after the request for a holy minister from the Methodist church was denied, they decided to start their own church, naming Joseph B. Lynch as their leader. Lynch. I don't like him already. I was going to say, anybody named Lynch, you just got to change that. You just got to change it. It sounds like like a slave owner name. It's fucking horrible. Also, if your last name is Lynch, I love you. Anyway, <laughs> it's like you didn't choose it. You can't don't control it. You. My last name is Ball, for God's sakes. Yeah. Think you about know? that. Think Ball. about think about all the jokes we had to deal with growing up. Maybe that's why we're so <laughs> humble. Are we? Are we? I, I am. Okay. Well, I just think I'm hella cute and okay. whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Lynch, I'm humbly hot. Okay. <laughs> All right. (laughs) So the Church of Sacrifice branched off from Christ's sanctified holy church. And from what I could find, they shared similar beliefs, except that they felt sanctification, aka the true atonement of sins, could not be reached without sacrificing flesh and blood. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And 17-year-old Clementine seemed to take a serious interest in the ins and outs of this religion. One day, a high priestess gave her and her friends conjure bags that would grant them special powers that allowed them to evade police and essentially do like whatever the fuck they wanted to. She wanted to see if this was actually true or not. So she mustered up the courage to step out and attempt her own sacrifice. And at just 17 years old, Clementine would commit her first murder. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, Clementine, you're doing a lot. We're looking at you hella sideways already, bitch. Right. Like you have a lot of gall back in 18 something something. <laughs> a lot of gall. A lot of gall. The gall. 
Are you tired of working your nine to five? Are you sick of seeing so many other people on social media flaunting their on the go lifestyle while you're still clocking in and out every day? So was I, and I was so glad when I found the Digital Product School. It's a course that shows you step-by-step how to make money online by selling digital products that you can create or buy and resale as your own. Since I bought it, it has honestly changed the way I think about financial freedom and the life I can really live outside of the corporate America rat race my ass was in before. Whether you're a beginner entrepreneur or hella experienced, you will benefit from this course. And if you use our code BTC10, you can get $10 off the course. That means depending on which course package you choose, you'll either pay $9 or $19. It's like, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah, go get that course right now at digitalproductschool.gumroad.com. And if you're not yet ready to purchase the course, there's a free ebook for you to download to get an idea of what you'll be in for. Again, go to digitalproductschool.gumroad.com and use our code BTC10 to get $10 off your order. Okay, now back to the episode. On February 3rd, 1911, the bodies of Walter J. Byers, his wife, and their young daughter were found murdered in their home in Crowley, Louisiana. The victims were killed through roughly three days before their bodies were found, and police think the killer gained entrance to the house through the back window and left no evidence or clues behind. Wow. Although they did leave behind, well, they did leave behind a bunch of bloody footprints and a bucket full of blood in the corner along, along with a bloody axe. So were they chopped up because an axe like what's going on? Blood, 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 Charlie. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they were chopped up in like they were just mutilated. They just hammered 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 with that axe i don't think they were like in pieces but i know that being hit by the axe several times is what caused them to die she must have went for the man first i I mean had to have had to have you know (sighs) three weeks later on february 24th and 30 miles east of crowley the bodies of the andrus family were found in their home in lafayette louisiana Alexander, Mimi, Joaquin, and Agnes were all found lying in bed, and the murder weapon was laying bloody on the floor, which was that's a big ass family. Yeah. How is a 17-year-old killing all these men? Like, how? You're asking key questions super early, and I need you to relax. (laughs) What do you want me to do? Sit here and be quiet? No. no i'll just say we'll get to it okay i'll be patient but how but i'll be patient yes the andrews family and the buyers family had been killed like i said with an axe different axes though and even some of the victims were completely decapitated Mm -hmm. like through bone and all through and through complete separation she's pissing me off because she's killing babies children Absolutely. Two days later, police arrested Raymond Barnabet or Barnabay, mm. however mm. you want to say it. Mm. And remember, that is Clementine's dad. And they arrested him for the Andrus murder. But he was later released due to lack of evidence. 
Chief Detective Peck at the time said that the Andrus murders had to be caused by jealousy or revenge and that multiple people were involved in the killing. I wonder what like positioned them to go for him, for Raymond. Oh, great question. Don't even know the answer, but Mm -hmm. we'll get to a little bit of it later. I'm just going to tell you, like I said, I'm going to tell you guys everything that I was able to read and get about these cases. So it's going to be a lot of just what the fuck happened. But it's still worth covering. That's why I wrote fucking 11 pages about it. Oh, facts. Oh, facts. <laughs> so I'm like I said, I'm not sure why out of all people they chose Raymond, but he did have a violent past, which they knew he would literally like beat his family. And he had an extensive record as well. So I guess he was just like an mm-hmm. easy target. And probably maybe a witness or two. You maybe could say that. How about that? You could say that. I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that. Okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> On March 21st, over 400 miles west of Lafayette in the city of San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. You guys, Crystal lives in Texas right now. Mm-hmm. Alfred and Elizabeth Cassaway, along with their three children were found dead in their home. Alfred and their daughter Louise were found in one bed with their back with the backs of their heads like crushed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While the rest of the family, which was Elizabeth the wife, Josie, which was one of their daughters, and their five month old son, Carlisle, were found in an adjoining room. So this part is holographic. I just want to warn you. Elizabeth was found on the bed with her daughter, Josie, lying across her feet with her brains exposed. And Carlisle was found dead in his mother's arms. Five months. What is she doing? And it almost seems like she's like posing them. Like, what are you actually doing? Yeah, Kristen. Good eye. Good eye, Kristen. And why are you killing whole families? Like, leave the kids alone. Leave them out of this. Well, they don't sanctify your ass. They showed them. Maybe the maybe the purest of the purest blood is what she wanted, which were the kids. Yeah, I don't know exactly what she's being taught, but I mean, I just the sacrifice of blood is what she knows to purify her. So she's sacrificing all the blood. Similar to the Andrus murders, the murder weapon was left at the scene, and nothing of value was stolen from the home. Elizabeth is also the first white victim so far. So everyone else has been black up until this point. Elizabeth was Caucasian. So they had, you know, mixed race babies. Wow. Which was probably rare back then. Mm -hmm. So to kill her is like taking away people like that. That had no problem with loving a black person. So screw you, Clementine, even more. Absolutely. In June 1911, Mary Warner and three of her children, aged two to nine, so I guess they were just, you know, in between those ages, mm-hmm. were killed in their Crawley home. But one child was able to escape. Thank so God. I know, right? So that child was able to survive. So pause. So she was in Louisiana killing, as well as traveled to San Antonio, Texas to kill. Who is taking her around these places? She's 17. Can you drive back then? Are you dry? Are you rock? Are you riding a horse? Like, what are we doing? What is your motor transportation in 1911? That's a really good question, though. I have no fucking idea. But I do know that she had people around her Mm -hmm. that she was close to. So they could have been all traveling together. But 
No one really fucking knows. It's just crazy. Police arrested Raymond Barnabé in July for the Andrus murders, and he was held in jail until his trial date on October 19th. I read somewhere that his mistress actually snitched on him and said that he admitted that he had committed some of the murders. Mm. So mm-hmm. she probably was just like a hating ass hoe that could have <laughs> just like told, told them some stuff. You know what I'm saying? I was but, really going to say a woman scorned. Like, that's exactly what she sounds like. Mm-hmm. She also could just be telling the truth. Who knows? She could be a woman scorned either way. Mm-hmm. If you hurt me, I'm telling your business. If you hurt me, I'm lying on you. To <laughs> go either way. <laughs> After whatever she told them, he was charged with the mm-hmm. murders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he went to trial. During his trial, he did not take the stand and really only sat with like a pat on his face saying goodbye. And Mo, f- this is French, so give me a second. Mo Fuotu. And apparently that means I'm gone in French. (laughs) So nice try. Um, I don't think I could have done better. Not even going to knock you. You don't know that. And (laughs) also, so he's not even trying to fight it. At this point, he's like, it is what it is. I'm gone. I'm going to die. Yeah. Rue the black man in these days. Like no one's going to believe me type thing. Yeah, he's just like, I don't I don't really know why he was saying what he's saying. Like, honestly, I don't understand any fucking thing that happens in this case. I really fucking don't. And me trying to understand it just pissed me off and almost made me not finish it. But I was like, I've come too far. So here we are. And and, sh- and he is connected to Clementine, though. Her right? father. OK. <laughs> I'm like, Kristen, you need to fucking follow. Take notes if you have to. Good God. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did we call him by his first name? Did you say Barnabas? I literally said Raymond Barnabas. <laughs> My bad. I really do need to take notes. Yeah, you don't that's get a actually, pass. That's actually an ingenious idea. I'm taking notes next time. I'm going to start now. No, it's too late. I'm going to take notes <laughs> next time. You also look high as hell. So, like, work on that. <laughs> I'm asleep. B, what do you expect? Y'all don't know. I drove four hours already this morning from Houston. Um, a bitch is tired. So, and even if it was a bitch, was a bitch was high. And what? I about say, yeah, and that's what? fine. But whatever. A bitch also got stuck in the mud on the side of the road because she was turning her car around to go rescue some dogs on the side of the road. So she's been through so, a lot today. If you're going to tell the story, tell the truth. It wasn't mud. It was a ditch. It was a ditch <laughs> on the side of the highway that I was trying to cross through the ditch to get to the highway to get to the dogs. Mm. But it didn't work out. But somebody pulled me out. So thank God for Samaritans. Thank God for good people. And I know I seem ditzy, but I really <laughs> was just trying to help. Like, I love dogs. I just love being caring. So yeah. it got me in some trouble today. So I've just been through a lot, y'all. I'm cracking up. <laughs> okay. So where the fuck were we? Oh, yeah. So he said he was saying goodbye and Mo Fuotu in court. And he was saying it loud enough for the jury to hear him. A jury of probably all white men because it's fucking 1911. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's where that's what happened with that. I it wonder is, if they're like Haitian because he's speaking French. Yeah, I was like close to the Creole Patois. Yeah, I was definitely thinking that that's probably 
What did I just say? Patois? You showed it. Isn't that? But that's the Haitian language. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. But I thought it was Creole. I think you are Creole. You speak Patois. Heck no. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. If I'm wrong, somebody let me know. Kristen will be researching it while I continue. She's right. A Creole is a person of mixed European and Black descent, especially in the Caribbean. Mm. But it's also a language as well. Okay. So So what's Patois? Patois. Yeah, look that up. Is a speech or language. (laughs) (laughs) But it's considered non-standard. So it's, it's like an informal speech or language. Is Patois informal Creole? Somebody please let us know. <laughs> I was asking you, Kristen, but yes, yeah, oh. somebody please, somebody please let us know. Kristen, you don't tell me. You just fucking stay focused because clearly That's you what I'm saying. Like, because no, <laughs> we've gone off for three minutes already. So yeah, somebody please let us know. I was going to say somebody's already turned this off. Okay. <laughs> True. It is also known that three people from Raymond's household, one of them being Clementine, testified at his trial and Clementine testified against her father. His wife and his son, Zephyrin, had contradicting stories in areas that were pretty critical to the case. But Clementine stayed 10 toes down on what she felt was the truth. She testified that on the night of the Andrews murders, her father came home late with his blue shirt covered in blood and brains. Mm. She, she also said her dad bragged about the killings and told her to wash his bloody clothes, which she did. She just obeyed her dad. Snitch. <laughs> Zephyrin agreed with his sister about seeing the bloody clothes and hearing his father confess to killing the Andrews family. But their mother said she never saw the clothes and never heard the confession. Well, she's probably just staying 10 toes down on loving him and supporting him a, a knowing down, he's probably gonna beat her behind i was a down ass bitch she's probably like if i don't say this he's gonna come home and crack my shit open right horrible if you're in an abusive relationship please leave please look for help we love you yeah <sighs> but she could call out an anonymous number anytime we go through stuff like this i'm probably gonna put one below or to the side or wherever the mm. fuck i decide But the mom did reluctantly admit that her abusive husband threatened to kill her a month earlier. So he's not like he's not outside of the headspace of taking someone's life. Zephyrin and Clementine also testified that they feared for their lives if their father was found not guilty. However, the defense called a witness to the stand that actually shared a household with the Barnabas. And she contradicted almost all of what Clementine had testified. Which I'm like, who the fuck is she? Like, she's not in every single dynamic. She doesn't know what happens, you know, up and down the, their households. Relax. You stay on your and side of the house. What is she doing there? I was like, you stay on your side of the them. house. Well, back then, I think a lot of people kind of just like shared homes because it was expensive. So, mm-hmm. you know, families shared with other families. Mm-hmm. But it's just her. So it's like. Well, no, it's a separate family. Like she was with a oh, separate okay. family. Yeah, and she was the only one to testify from that family that we know of. Okay. But despite her test her testimony, Barnabé was found guilty of the murders and was sentenced to death by hanging. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had three attorneys and they all appealed his conviction for a number of reasons. One being that Raymond was drunk during his trial. <laughs> ah! 
Raymond, <laughs> I'd be drunk too. Hey, I'm, I'm, if I'm facing the guillotine or the rope, I want to be nowhere near sober. So <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with was he drunk when he committed the murder? Like, <laughs> are these people, the witnesses drunk? <laughs> okay. Let's make it make sense because him being drunk really has nothing to do with this. Well, apparently, okay. So this is how it happened. He smuggled in because I'm thinking, like, how the fuck was he drunk going to his trial? He's been in jail. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he smuggled in a bottle of wine and just like chugged that bitch right before he went into the courtroom. <laughs> I also have chugged half a bottle of wine before recording this. So I get it. <laughs> I fucking get it. So after like besides him being drunk as hell in the court when he came, you know, for his trial, the jury also failed to follow the judge's instructions during deliberations, which no one fucking elaborated on that. So I don't know what they did wrong. And the prosecution never provided a potential motive for the murders. So no one really knew why the fuck anybody was killing because, they, you know, it wasn't even talked about. It was just like they're just killing whatever. Find him guilty. Everyone, like, as a human wants to know, well, why? Why? I don't think that they should have struggled to convict him without that why. I just feel like if there's evidence that he was there at the crimes or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. back then, it will be a simple conviction. Five weeks go by, and Raymond is still in jail. But on November 27, 1911, Norbert Randall, his wife, Azima, and their three children plus their nephew, were found in their Lafayette home, deceased. Norbert and Azima were found in their bed while the four children were all found on another bed. A small bloody footprint was found by the bed, and police think that one of the children tried, tried to run away, hmm. but was then like thrown back onto the bed and killed. Terrible. Majority, of the, Ra- majority of the Randalls were killed with the blunt end of the axe which differed from the previous murders because those victims were killed with sharpen. So if you know mm-hmm. what an axe looks like. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another difference is that Norbert was shocked. He, the, mm-hmm. the medical examiner found a bullet in his brain that entered right like in the middle of his forehead, but he was also hacked up with the axe. So it is assumed that he may have been shot either before, which is unlikely, but after he was hacked up. Okay. Shortly after these murders, I'm thinking sometime in December, Clementine was arrested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me give you some information about that. So what oh, I please. read was her father, yes, he was still in jail in sometime in November, but he was released in November as well because he did receive a different trial. Like I said, because when his um, lawyers appealed it, they were able to get him a brand new trial. But because he was broke, he wasn't able to get out of jail. But he was released later on um, in November. And then the killings happened. And then I guess the community of Lafayette like gathered together. They gathered at a church. They were like, you know, um, what the fuck is going on? We need to protect ourselves. You know, um, People, there needs to be like the police needs to do more, basically. And they said that the police should start looking at more members of the Barnabas family, not just Raymond. Raymond, Mm -hmm. correct. So, and that's what they did. They started investigating the Barnabas more. They even somehow, I don't know if they got a warrant or whatever the fuck, but they ended up searching the house that Clementine was living at. I I read in 
two different places. She was staying with either a man named Mr. Guidry and she was working as a housekeeper for him or she was still living with her family. I saw it both ways. But either way, when police came to the house where she was staying, they found blood on her door leading to her bedroom. They found mad, bloody clothes like soaked in blood with like brain fragments, bone fragments on them. There was a full suit that they found with blood on it. I mean, there was just it was just sloppy as fucking jalopy just a dirty a room for of a teenage girl that what? happens to be a killer. Kristen, literally a teenage sloppy ass girl. Mm-hmm. And then apparently when she was confronted with the bloody clothes, she laughed hysterically. Oh, wow. And said she didn't know where they came from. <laughs> well, what are you laughing for? Like, <laughs> well, what is funny? Where are you getting this energy? I don't like it. She always had it. Yeah, she she sounds very sick to me, honestly. And very probably. Yeah, I don't know. She lied on her dad. Maybe we don't know. We don't we know. Don't if she know lied. Kristen, we don't. Fucking we know, don't know. We'll probably get to it. So hang on. But she's bold. That's a fact. Oh, for sure. The police didn't only arrest Clementine, though. They arrested a number of people Two being a man named Edward Charles and a man named Gregory Porter. The two men apparently were with Clementine on the night of the murders. Now you may ask which murders. I don't fucking know, but I'm assuming that it's the most recent murders, which was the Randall family. Cause I couldn't find anybody to like, give me any type of specifics when it came to that. Yeah. Or it could have been all of them because there are men there. And I'm like, how does a 17 year old kill these men? How are whole families being murdered? In their home by one 17 year old girl. Yeah, that's like ha- extremely hard to believe. Exactly. After police sent Clementine's clothes to a New Orleans lab to be examined by a person named Dr. Metz, they found that the DNA found on the Andrus pillowcase matched the DNA found on Clementine's clothes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. showing that the bitch was there when it was happening. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like the police are trying to hold Clementine solely responsible, though, because that was the vibe that I was getting for a little bit. On January 20th, 1912, police arrested King Harrison, who was basically like a prophet, I guess, of the sacrifice sect of the church and Mm -hmm. had been busy setting up churches in like the surrounding areas on the Southern Pacific Railroad route. And two of them were Crowley and Lafayette which we know is two of the locations that the murders had happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when police questioned him, he said that he never taught anything to his con- congregation that encouraged him to engage in criminal acts. And that on the night of the Randall family murder, he was in the area, but he claimed that Clementine told him to leave the area because, because there was a street corner fight that just happened recently and that the police were on their way. So it's just Clementine's name is coming up. It just keeps circling the toilet bowl. Mm -hmm. After Clementine's arrest, the black community in the area started freaking the fuck out. Members of the Church of Sacrifice started to get arrested and then just completely like, I don't even know what the fuck they were doing, but they just got released. I don't know if they were trying to scare the church members or convince them to open up about what the church was teaching. And it's mm-hmm. doctrine, but they were all released. Witch doctors, hoodoo men, and basically anyone else associated with dark magic became somewhat of a target as well. 
authorities thought they were playing a part in the murders, even if it was just applying like a charm or a trinket that gave people power and allowed Mm -hmm. them to evade police. That's still like supporting criminal activity. Yeah. Accessory for sure. Correct. Correct. A hoodoo man unconnected to the murders was murdered near Lake Charles, Louisiana, after using the the fear of murder to sell his protection charms and other services. So basically it was like, if you don't want to get killed by whoever's doing all these killings, buy my trinket or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But he somebody was, kill him. Yeah. Somebody murdered him. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just like the fear was running rampant. Like whole families were being taken the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So people are like anybody associated with anything like this. Just they're just, they just need to go. So now it's January, 1912 and Clementine is still in jail. But on January 21st, Felix Bruchard or Broussard, his wife and their three children were found in their Lake Charles home murdered. Unlike the others, this murder scene had something written on the wall Mm-mm. and it was written in blood. Mm-hmm. And it said, when he maketh inquisition for blood, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. It makes no fucking sense zero don't you hate when people try to sound smart and like deep and they just sound completely bonks i think that's one of the moments did you even take two seconds to try to understand it because i'm like no i didn't yeah because i'm like kind of kind of makes sense when can you say it again when he maketh inquisition for blood he forgetteth not the cry of the humble so i'm guessing they're saying that when the when God wants blood, he doesn't forget the cry of the people that died for that blood. Right. Like maybe he doesn't forget the cry of the humble. Apparently it's really similar to it's like a play on words, like a verse in Psalms or something like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, either way, I fucking hate when people try to use like, quote unquote, the Bible to justify their terrible. That's acts. on period. It just pisses That's me period. off. That's on Mary had a little lamb. We're yeah, sick of sure. that. For sure. On the inside of the front door was written human five. And I'm assuming yeah. they're referencing the number of people that they sacrificed because there were five victims in this case. Mm. And they were human. They, they were. They were definitely human. Two months after the murders on March 14th, a newspaper called the El Paso Gazette, which is in Texas, published a feature called Voodoo's Horrors Breakout Again. It contains specific details about the Broussard murders, including the separation of the children's five fingers, and also noted that Clementine did say at one time that she had four accomplices. Mm. So, yeah. So, remember, Clementine's already in custody right now. She hasn't really talked to police a lot, but she has said some ridiculous things that don't really make too much sense, mostly to try to throw them off the trail. But she did say that she had four accomplices, Mm -hmm. which would bring it to a total of five people involved in the murder. It also discussed how many of the murders had five victims and the one that fell short or the ones that fell short or went over the number were unexpected scheduling areas areas errors for fuck's sake sorry so basically for example the randall family they had their nephew with them that day and Mm. that wasn't expected Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the warner family who was killed in june 
one of the children escaped, like we talked about. So Mm -hmm. there was only four victims that time. It also made public that pup that blood from the parents was collected often in the killings and that they use the same bucket to then go and collect the blood of the children. So just like the worst situation you can ever imagine is happening. Just three days after the article was released, Hattie Dove and her three children were killed in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, so sick of this. Mm-hmm. Hattie and her son, Ernest, were found in the bed in the front room with Ernest being killed with the blade end and Hattie being killed with the blunt end. This time, the killer used a towel to wipe their bloody hands and left the towel there, just right on the floor next to the axe. Mm -hmm. Police were able to find out that the axe actually belonged to a man who lived two blocks down and that his axe had been replaced with a, a different one. Which is really, really interesting to me. You know, like they use somebody's axe just to replace it. I would think that they just take an axe and not fucking worry about it. But to replace it, it's just it's not consistent with everything else I feel like has happened in these cases so far. I guess he needs his axe. Well, (laughs) maybe you're right, Kristen. Maybe someone knew the guy and was like, well, Mm -hmm. he's a he's a heavy axe user. So let me replace it with a different (laughs) axe. But it's like, why the fuck didn't you just use the axe that you replaced his axe with? Make it make sense. Right. And I haven't been giving you guys too many gory details, although I kind of have. But I've been, tr- I've been trying to like keep it to a minimum because there's so many children involved. And because mm-hmm. we don't have so many pictures, it's kind of hard to humanize, you know, everyone that's going through this terrible shit. But according to the news reports from back then, Heads and limbs will be found strewn all over the house. Wow. So we know that they were killed with axes and it's one thing to kill someone, but it's another thing to like dismember their body. And that's what was happening. And it's hard as hell for me to believe a 17 year old girl could be doing these crimes all by herself. So the question is the one that just recently happened that we talked about. Mm -hmm. This is when Clementine is already arrested. Correct. This is when Raymond's arrested. Raymond's out. Raymond's out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other two men that they were suspecting, um, Edward, somebody, and they, they were released. They are released. Mm-hmm. I'm pissed about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the whole oh, damn church. It's definitely a man's world, you know? So mm. a week later, another murder was committed. It was a family of six. But police were able to catch this killer. And this killer name was Jim Fields because he and his female accomplice were sloppy as hell and left mad footprints. And police were kind of, I think, I would say police were more proactive with this case because they brought bloodhounds to the scene. And the bloodhounds were able to lead them to where Jim Fields was, which was just two miles away from the crime scene. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. Like, hello. Why are people right. dying like flies? Correct. <laughs> I mean, full whole families, though. Just whole wiping families them out. of flies, just wiping them out. Yeah. On June 1st. Also, those people are not flies. But okay, well, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You yeah. guys. You have to mess up my words. But I also, we have a podcast. Flies. We like, have to be politically correct or people will come for us. We're never going to be politically 
Correct. I can't even say politically. <laughs> I but know. We'll do our best. <laughs> we can be respectful at the very fucking right. Least. These families are not flies. They're people Absolutely. that are probably just living their freaking lives. I totally agree. On June 1st, 1912, Jim Fields was convicted of the murders and sentenced to death. Period. Out of here. Kidding. Just kidding. I don't know if he was sentenced to death. But I'm assuming he was because Raymond was sentenced to death mm-hmm. for killing a family. Why wouldn't fucking Jim mm-hmm. Fields? Mm-hmm. And so help me God, if Jim Fields is white, I will fucking <laughs> throw myself off a roof. So remember, Clementine has been in jail since around the end of November, maybe, or early December of 1911. I don't really fucking know. I couldn't find the records. And we know that at least four families have been murdered since then, since she's been in jail. So it's physically impossible for her to be physically responsible for any right. of the murders. Right. But it's super unclear to me why on April 1st, 1912, she decided she decided to confess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very what, clear to me. It is, Krista, because I was about to say from what I read, it was kind of fucking random. Please explain to me your theory. Honestly, OK, I feel like she's covering up for the people that are complicit in these murders. She doesn't care about them. Continue. Huh? She does I not feel like care she, about them. She doesn't, does she not care about the church? She doesn't give a fuck. Like, she's, okay, so then this is my second theory. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't give a fuck about the church, she doesn't give a fuck about the dude that she so-called called and said, get out of the area because blah, blah, blah. She doesn't care about them. Then she just wants fame. Like, I feel like she wants more bodies under her name. And so, so she could basically be like, I'm big and bad, like, even though I was in jail when this happened, there's no way I could do this. Yeah. I'm big and bad. And I did it. It's just so hard for me to like think of reasons why she may have done her confession because we'll get to it. We'll get there, you know, a little bit later in the episode. But she was somehow selfish and somehow I'm not even going to spill it. We'll get to it. We'll just fucking like, get okay. to it. Apparently, though, she confessed to murdering the Randall family, the Andrews family, and a family of five in Rain, Louisiana, on December 19th, 1911, which is after she should have probably already been in jail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She also committed or she also confessed to a murder of a family of four in Crawley on January 18th. Okay, so now she's lying. The bitch is in jail. Mm-hmm. And she also admitted that her quote unquote gang, because remember when that El Paso Gazette put out that piece, yes. they said that she had accomplices or whatever. Mm-hmm. She said that her gang consisted of two women and two men. And she even provided names to police. Were they cr- the correct name? I'm not fucking sure. But she did give them names and the police did follow up on these names, but everybody that they arrested were released. I can't even fucking get into it. Like what is going on? But we have to remember this is 1912. Y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible record keeping. <laughs> Everything is word of mouth. And we know that it's just like the game of telephone, bitch. You can't believe anything anybody says. Mm-hmm. It's just a hot ass mess. She claimed at the rain murder in December, they all drew straws and she states that she was chosen to be the actual axe wielder while the other people just watched. She said after the killing, after killing the two adults, quote, it was an easy matter to get rid of the small children. 
We thought it was better to kill them than to leave orphans as they would suffer. Oh, you thoughtful witch. Right. So so now you think you cute. You're so thoughtful. I just now you love think you you're so doing much. people a favor. We've come so far. <laughs> F you. <laughs> the mercy. Thank you for your mercy, you bitch. When questioned about the Andrus murders, she said, quote, we took the man and woman, placed them in a kneeling position beside the bed and left the house. I was one of the first to aid the relatives the next day and help prepare the bodies for burial. Like you sick little girl. How fucking you killed them. And then now you're back in the house helping them bury the people you killed. Like that's demented. That is like beyond. That's That's beyond me. Like that's sick. I don't even care if she didn't do it and she's just making up stuff. She did it. At this point, why would you even make that up? What is wrong with you? (laughs) She's a very sick fuck. We'll get to it. (laughs) When asked if victims were chosen intentionally or not, she replied, quote, no, these families were not selected particularly. We started out not knowing who the victims would be. So that kind of fights against the five, you know, Mm -hmm. like the human five, that type of theory that the Gazette pulled out of their asses because they didn't really maybe even know these families necessarily. But some of them, some of the families were associated with the church, the church of sacrifice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Some of the families were and others were just completely innocent and had nothing to do with whatever the fuck. Okay, so yes, we see that she's quote unquote confessing, but her stories are just all over the place. Mm -hmm. One minute she says she helps or she had help when killing all these families. And then the next minute she's just bragging about how she did all the murders on her own. So I'm just going to take this as her playing a fucking game. Like she's definitely playing with the police. Like I said earlier, she'll tell them one thing, probably trying to lead them off the trail, tell them another thing. She's having fun with it. Absolutely. She's a bold bitch. Yeah, she's just a lying asshole. It was concluded that Clementine was an unnatural moral pervert who sometimes had strong desires to fondle people. Mm. And, that, and that when she did kill her victims, she'd act out whatever sick passion she had until her heart was content. Ew. Yeah. Like, She's 17, you guys. Her emotions, her hormones are raging. 17 or 18, yeah. Wait, she's a horny bitch. She's nasty. (laughs) She's demented. There's something wrong with her. She does voodoo. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just too much going on with this one over here. And it's like thinking about the situation that we were in when we were younger and we were taught, you know, God's love and stuff. But we were also taught that it's right for a man to beat his woman if she's not doing what she's supposed to do. And to witness men being taught to how to properly beat their women. We've seen that. He and said even, properly. <laughs> we d- that's what he did. I could I could tell you right now. I don't want to say this person's name. I'm going to say it. David Taylor. You can literally fucking Google him. We were in that situation when we were like, what, from like age one to like eight years old. My parents were, you know, in that situation. And my dad was taught to beat my mom and how to properly do it. And I saw this happen, you know. And even when I saw it happen at such a young age, I was like, this is fucking wrong. Like, I know this is not supposed to be happening. So to think that she was, yeah, raised on something, but not having that moral compass inside of her to be like, this is wrong. It just makes me feel like I was very fucking lucky to (laughs) 
to even recognize that my dad hitting my mom was wrong. Yeah. And maybe like it went to the point of maybe she knew something was wrong, but because it kept happening, she kind of got comfortable with the idea that this is just what they do. And this is just like what was once wrong is actually like, this is just what it is in my life. And now I'm going to revel in it. Oh, yeah. I think there was something already, like you said, there was something already wrong with her from jump. Mm -hmm. And even if it wasn't because like. (laughs) Maybe she didn't have issues. Maybe this is she's the product of the church, the product of her family, the product of voodoo and dark magic. I mean, brainwashing is fucking real. Like For real. it's extremely real. So I'm not judging her necessarily. I'm just saying I was in a similar situation way younger and I recognized that it was wrong. So it is possible to separate yourself from what you're being taught. Sheriff Lacoste believed a total of 25 black people in Louisiana and Texas had been murdered in regards to this particular like cult situation. He also said, quote, we expect to show that blood found on the bundle of woman's clothes the morning after the murder of the Randall family here last fall was human blood and identical with the blood found on the bedclothes of the Randalls. This will be proven by a chemical analysis made by Dr. A.L. Metz in the city of New Orleans. Clementine Barnabet is rational, and I believe it is true, except as to details given with the purpose of confusing officers mm-hmm. as to her accomplices. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so Clementine was evaluated before trial, after she was interviewed and everything like that. And, and everyone that evaluated her she said she was completely sane. Mm-hmm. She just chose horribleness. Yeah. And she chose to lie over and over Mm -hmm. and over. I'm trying to see when we're going to get to the point where you say she doesn't care about these people. Because for me, it really feels like she's trying. Yeah, she's playing a game, but she's also trying to protect her accomplices. Okay, so we're going to get to that very soon. Just, you know, hold on. Hold on. Hold on to my trying my top. (laughs) Just ride the wave. Your top. My top, the one that I'm wearing right now. That you, can see. you guys, by the way, Kayla's wearing a black true crime top, specifically a bodysuit. <laughs> Super stinking cute. You can check it out on Black True Crime merch. I well, hold on, bitch. You can't just say things. I, I posted this on our Instagram. I did. I will post a picture of it in the video for Patreon users to see. This top will be on our new site. And it will only be motherfucking $13 and it has free shipping. So period. I don't even know what to tell you. Like, just buy it. Okay. <laughs> when is the new site coming out? Sis? Oh, yeah. Great question. Mm, probably next week. I'll let you know. Just message me if you're interested. Clementine went on to confess that she was connected to the Church of Sacrifice, which we know, that she reached out to a voodoo doctor on her own so she could have a protection spell put on her to protect her from the police. And she admitted that even though she was in jail, she was still helping her outside followers and her little gang commit their own murders as well. So we know even if she may not have had a hand, like, you know, directly as far as being there in the killing, she definitely was directing them. Yep. So that's why she's probably claiming that she killed these people. Yeah. Because she had her hand in it. Absolutely. And the thing is, she personally admitted that she'd killed 17 people. 
17 people. But later it come out that she was involved with at least 35 murders. And the bitch ain't even old enough to fucking drink. Right. She's 17. Like, holy cow. What were you doing when you were 17? Sucking Think about dick. that. Okay. And smoking weed. I wasn't even talking to you, but oh. thanks for telling <laughs> us your story. <laughs> I could have sworn you were asking me. I was not. <laughs> I can see why you thought that. But for those that are listening, what were you doing at 17? Were you a, could you imagine ever killing somebody and then killing almost 35 people or having a hand in it? Like whole families, whole families, including children. Oh, come on. Like Kayla said, most of us are just sucking dick. <laughs> Or doing our homework or playing games or eating or, on or or, you know, figuring out if we want to go to a college or, you know, right. a university, like whatever normal the fuck. Thing. Normal I don't remember thing. being 17. I don't remember. It wasn't too long ago. Skipping school. That's what the fuck I was doing. We were definitely doing that. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so crazy. Like, yeah. really wow. bad. Mm hmm. She said the main reason she committed the murders is because she believed that the human sacrifice would give her immortality. So it just it doesn't stop at just sanctification and second blessing shit. We're past that. We're past that. Somebody told her she would get immortality by killing hella people. I don't know who it was. We can think of possibilities, but I don't even want to go there because I don't want nobody putting a motherfucking hex on me. I would say who do voodoo. I think oh, it was that. Of course you do, but don't even fucking say it. All I scared, said I it. rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Speaking tongues <laughs> from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and even when she was being questioned while she was describing the crimes, she would be smiling and giggling throughout the entire like explanation. Mm -hmm. She said the murders would mostly occur on Sunday nights while the victims were sleeping, but also said that even if the children woke up, it wouldn't stop her from killing them. Of course not. Yeah. She said she wouldn't stop until they, quote, lay in bits and pieces on the floor. Wow, Kayla. Just a straight wickedest. I mean, the most evil. A witch. A straight up witch. The most evil thing I could probably even conjure up in my own head horrible some of the houses were robbed as well and most of the victims never even knew the cult members who took their lives because remember some of the victims were associated with the church yeah. but you know the church has different locations i mean i would say apparently yeah apparently mm -hmm. a lot of people um that guy who was traveling around probably yeah a lot of followers all around absolutely and the murders were happening all around she said the Church of Sacrifice was an equal opportunity church and that men and women participated equally in the killings. And that men, women, and children could equally be murdered. <laughs> we see that. Yeah. As you've shown us a hundred fucking times. You fucking devil witch. Jeez. Okay. On April 4th, six indictments were returned by a grand jury charging Clementine with the murders at the Randall residence on November 27, 1911. Clementine continued to be problematic, though, telling a, telling a reporter that a total of 13 victims will be murdered in the near future near Lafayette, Louisiana. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Probably her associate. For sure. She also named multiple people as her accomplices, like we said. And when they were arrested, they were all just released. Kayla, how are they being released? No evidence. There has to be. There has to be no. There's no evidence. And in 1912, they didn't have no fingerprint. They didn't have nothing like that. Even them saying that they had a chemist or a medical examiner, whoever the fuck the doctor, Dr. Metz or whatever the name Mm -hmm. was, to have that person doing the research in New Orleans. I'm like, what test is that person able to run? Like something very simple. What was science in 1912? (laughs) Mm. We don't know, but I'm sure there's some things that were taking place there. I'm pretty Happy sure cars happens. were almost around, but um, don't quote me on it. But yeah, so <laughs> but that was even going to say the fact that they could do a chemical analysis on blood and match it. Yeah, shocked me. <laughs> Very much so. I, I I was about to say when I read that I was like, how bitch? How do you know that blood from her clothes matched blood from a different scene in 1912? Like, like did it on. both turn blue with a special substance? Oh, my like, goodness. How do you know? I need someone to explain. I need a I need like a museum of forensics in 1912 that I can fucking visit for the answer. That would be so dope, wouldn't it? I totally go. Yeah. <laughs> she even blamed a Reverend Joseph Thibodeau. Thibodeau. I love the spelling. I love anything that's spelled with like E-A-U-X and that's supposed to be pronounced as O mm. or or new. Oh, I think it's new. Thibodeau. I think it's, it's Doe. Oh. Or do. Bordeaux. You don't say Bordeaux. I just love when people like use extra letters for simple things. I think I totally really think cute. that's French. It could be. It could be. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she blamed this Reverend Joseph Thibodeau Mm-hmm. for planting the, the idea of murder in her mind. That's what she said. So she's like, I, he didn't tell me and I wouldn't have fucking done it. Mm-hmm. I think she's lying, but whatever. Who cares? Clementine, like her father, had three attorneys representing her at her child, and she was a headache for them to defend, according to them. They first tried to enter a plea of not guilty by reason of religious insanity. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like I totally fucking believe. Absolutely. I get that. (laughs) They claim that she was under an immense amount of stress and coupled with exhaustion. Anybody's psyche could weaken and eventually break. It Mm. could have happened to anyone. Fuck off. The media hated her as well. They said, quote, the woman is in the lowest scale of humanity and totally devoid of any sense of pity or ordinary conception of shame and disgrace is conclusive and borne out by her whole life, which had been pitched on the lowest plane of morality. (laughs) The officers from the officers from years past have repeatedly driven her from town. While the woman at times seems practically insane, she yet has a certain intelligence and cunning. Ever since her incarceration, she has successfully foiled the officers in their attempts to get at the true facts of the case. And when she deceives the officers by giving them some false clue, she smiles with devilish delight and chuckles over her victory. Which... <laughs> like straight up which, like she is reveling in her power. <laughs> And not the benevolent kind. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. This bitch is something serious that you should not play with, that you should only cast out. This bitch is a bad witch. 
And not at a bad bitch. 17, <laughs> <laughs> at 17 years old, there's something more going on in her head. There's yeah. something going on up in that body of hers. Something, something is too dark. mature. Yeah. But like yeah. we said at the beginning, she really took a liking to all of this like dark shit. Yeah. So who fucking knows? Mm. Clementine herself stated at her trial, quote, I am the woman of the sacrifice sect. I killed them all, men, women, and babies, and I hugged their dead bodies to my heart. But I am not guilty of murder. You psychotic bitch. You have no grip on reality. Like, but the thing (laughs) is, no, she doesn't. But then she does. It's just very confusing. It's like she's a split personality, but (laughs) at the same time, I, I don't even know if I want to give her that because mm-hmm. I that would mean that something in there inside of her is like innocent. No, I, don't I was that. about to say when someone it's so scary to deal within someone's belief system because what their belief is, you can't even really fight it. Like you can try to show them even with racist, you know, you can try to show them otherwise. You can try to show them better and stuff, but who they are is who they choose to be. Mm-hmm. We don't have any say over that as the outside you know entity or outside world or whatever so it's just crazy to think that even in her head she's like i didn't murder these people i sacrificed them and all it did was give me immortality the immortality that i was looking for the immortality that my accomplices was looking for because that's how you get it but in the process i'm going to snicker and laugh in your face and 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 play you like a mother effing fiddle simply because i can Oh, yeah. That's why they said she's not she's not insane. The bitch is just manipulative. And that's why they said she gets no pity for me, ho. Right. You get no pity for me, ho. Yeah. And at first I was going to say, OK, there's I smell some racism up in that because mm-hmm. they said she was born from the lowest of the low. But at the end of the day, <laughs> and when I first read it, I thought they were talking about all women. I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> I'm sniffing something else in that. Yeah. But either way, I don't like that bitch either. So come for her. Clean come for her. I agree. Talking about I killed babies and then hugged their bodies. Are you kidding me? Kristen, but let's let me ask you a question. Have you fucking ever heard something so disgusting? I literally just told myself I'm thinking about all the serial killers we've talked about. I'm thinking about all the criminal mind shows I've watched. Right. And I've never heard something so. So vile that has come out of a mouth of a person who's not criminally insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm (laughs) disgusted. Oh, God. My, My skin just did something. Oh, God. No. She's not insane. She no, knows she's what not. she's doing. Mm-hmm. And despite her attorney saying, Shut hell up. no, Clementine wanted her confession entered into the trial record. Remember the confession that she gave to the police? Yeah. She wanted that entered. And she said that if she were to be executed, she believed an angel in a chariot of fire would save her life. Execute the witch. <laughs> I, I would be like, you know what? I believe let's it too. It let's out. test it out. Right. Let's test that let's out. Let's put your ass on that guillotine. Let's get your ass on that step, put a rope around your neck, and see what the fuck happens. Because I promise you, ain't no angel from heaven coming. Maybe one from hell. Maybe one from hell to take you on a slow ball me. straight to <laughs> it. He's, he's picking you up. He's picking you up. I got that. <laughs> he's been waiting for you at the door. At the door. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> i'm sick of her at this point <laughs> take her clean out 
I believe in capital punishment. I don't agree, but I agree. I mean, I agree. Moment, I believe in it wholeheartedly. I agree, but at this I don't very agree. moment. But I yeah. agree. But I don't but, agree. You don't agree. <laughs> but you agree. But I agree. But you don't. <laughs> the jury found 18-year-old Clementine guilty of the Randall family murders and sentenced her to life in prison on October 25th, 1912. And she was taken to Angola State Prison, which is now Louisiana State Prison. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. After just two weeks of being in prison on November 11th, Clementine vowed that 30 more people would die before the new moon. The bitch is just like, obsessed who even with talks death? like that. The new moon. Bitch, you're a witch. Kristen, okay, relax. It's 1912 for good all. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't know how people were. Only time I heard some shit like that is on Vampire Diaries. I'm screaming. Also, Twilight. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> Love Twilight. Clementine Wiggs was examined by medical experts who classified her as, quote, a pervert. And I, yeah. And I think this gave them, like, the gall to be like, yeah, she's a pervert, so we can do surgery on her because she's an inmate and inmates don't have rights. And they did an operation on her that apparently restored her to a normal state. What the fuck is a normal state? We all know that's a lie. I'm not even in a normal state. Like, let's be fucking real. <laughs> like, what are they talking about? A lobotomy? Like, did they poke her brain? Look at that. Hurry up. Jeez Louise. She apparently stayed at the prison for years after that and caused no issues at all. They okay. maimed her. Okay, well, hold on. Except for the one time she tried to escape in July of 1913, which is literally the year after she went there. She wasn't even in jail for a full year. And she's like, I got to get out of here. But she, but she failed. She tried to, like, get over the fence or something. And they were like, bitch, I see you. Get the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> The procedure that they did on her is unknown. We don't know what it is, but we can say that it's probably highly unlikely that it was a lobotomy because we didn't start doing lobotomies in the U.S. until the 1920s. So it still could have been it still could have happened like it just was unsanctioned. But mm -hmm. we don't know. For whatever reason, this escape attempt was forgotten. Just nobody remembered it and in 1918 clementine was given the job of cane cutter so i'm thinking like sugar cane you know okay okay mm -hmm. that meant that clementine was allowed to work outside with minimal <laughs> observation and supervision august 28th 1923 she was released from prison life my ass how do things work back in the day I was about to say, if this is how shit works out, take me back. Like, like, like. And so you can commit a murder. OK, OK. That's why I was like, OK, Kayla, where's the line on the sand, bitch? I'm not saying that I want to commit a murder. Hell no. Am I saying I would want to kill someone that deserved it? Absolutely. You know, but I would want to get away with it and it would be OK. And I feel like honestly, back in the 1912, 19, you know, that area. Look at all this shit that happened. At least at least 35 people are dead. And this bitch spent 10 years in jail. So we would want to go back to kill her. No. Oh, ooh, ooh, that's my idea. 
That's my idea. Let's let's let's, let's say that because she idea. clearly deserves it. I like I say, anybody that deserves it, I wouldn't mind pulling the lever. Then again, I am not judge or jury, so I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have time for that bad karma. But either way, if I did, that would be the time to go back and do it. Right. So how does this bitch get released, so Kayla? I read that she either got released because she just had a five good years of great behavior and they just let her ass out. Or I also read that she escaped from jail. Okay, that's mm-hmm. making a little more sense. Mm-hmm. I was able to read that because I'm like, even like with her sugarcane job or whatever she mm-hmm. had, like it would be easier for her to get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, she was re- she's out of prison since 1923 and she was never heard from again. There's no record of her. We don't know when the fuck she died. She should, she could be still kicking somewhere, you know, at 125 years old, 26 yeah. years old. But we can just safely assume that she's passed. Are you serious, Kayla? Yeah. So she basically was never seen again. Oh, yeah. So basically, like she spent like it's basically like if she did a burglary or like a robbery, she got the same amount of time as killing. Like, but instead, she people. killed. Right. She killed mm-hmm. over 17 people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Clementine I'm disgusted. And Clementine was the only person ever held responsible for all those murders. Even the murders that were committed after she was in prison, there was no one that was brought to justice except for jim fields and that's basically because jim handed himself to the police because the damn dogs found them the dogs did a better a better job at their job <laughs> than the police did <laughs> i'm so over this i am so upset i just <laughs> yeah yeah and we're not even gonna like talk about how how is she killing five people on her own for her to be the only one convicted of these crimes i mean but that's the thing like if even when I watch, like, I watch First 48, like, it's my full-time job, bitch. Like, I'm a personal, like, fact checker and editor for that shit. And it's, like, even in those shows, they always, the detectives always say, we can't solve crimes if you don't fucking help us. The community does not talk to us. It's so hard to solve a crime. And I, mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I genuinely agree. It's, like, you have to help. And there was no help in the situation. Clementine was fucking zero. And even if, you know, if you have no evidence, you say, were you here when the when the crimes happened? No, I was somewhere else. Like, there's no really way to, like, you know, check an alibi to make sure it's like top notch. So mm-hmm. I just feel like the the police forces were definitely over, like overpowered with the amount of murders that were happening and the, like the limited resources and stuff like that. And I just feel like. This was a perfect opportunity for people this evil to do exactly what they did. I get it. Like that time frame was just not easy for detectives and and that whole department. But it almost feels like they have the same standards that they have today. You know how how high the standards are to be convicted, to motive, all that stuff. It's almost like the standards were just as high back then. But the uh, ability to actually meet them were down here. Yeah. It's just like, how is that even fair? How is the judicial system so advanced that during the time you couldn't even really meet the expectations yeah. except for this bitch, Clementine? She was the only one convicted. I totally agree. What do you do? What the fuck do you do? So, yeah, 
Uh, there was even like a murder. Remember when her family moved to what was it? Lafayette, Louisiana, I want to say mm-hmm. somewhere around there in 1909 when she was like 14 or 15 years old. I said that at the beginning. There was a murder November 13th, 1909. Eden or it was Edna Opelous, Opelousas, mm. Op- mm. and her three children were murdered in Crowley, Louisiana. And that's one of the areas that we know that Clementine frequent. So I'm like, it's impossible for her to have killed 14 at 14 and 15 years old. It's hard for me to think that she like massacred a whole family. But we do know that her father was very violent. We do know that she had a brother who also got arrested. And I also saw that she had another brother. So she had at least two brothers. I read that somewhere, too, that both got arrested for killings around the time. But they were both. All of them were released except for Clementine. And she even tried to snitch on her daddy. Yeah. Like even tried to maybe whatever it was the truth or the lie. She still mm-hmm. snitched and it still wasn't enough to like hold him. Yep. I mean, because, you know, attorneys did what they were supposed to do and they appealed it. They had valid reasons for their appeal, except for him being fucking drunk. Like, bitch, fuck off. Like Every off. criminal His wishes choice. they were drunk during their right. <laughs> How does that work in their favor? How does that work in his favor that he was drunk? He didn't even testify. That's what I'm saying. Who gives a shit? (laughs) So, yeah, that's our case. So over it. I kind of hated it. I can't even lie to you. I hated it. And you know me. I like to have every answer to every question that could be ever posed to me and to know that I didn't have it in this situation is hella frustrating. I know, but it was still a story that I feel was worth sharing because it was so fucking wild and cults always fascinate me. So absolutely like the, the, the whole idea of like supernatural part in this is definitely like engaging, but the fact that she was the only one that was tried and convicted and then she is, Escapes, yeah, and you don't hear from her again. I am pissed. Either was escaped or released. We don't know which one it was. Escape slash release. I'm pissed either way. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that man. I'm just hoping that when she got out ten years after the crimes, when she's like what twenty eight, twenty nine, I really hope that she had more of a sense of like this is wrong. I should have never done this. I hella regret everything that I did. I just want to be a functioning member of society. Like that's hope that's the attitude I hope that she took from her um you know Stint, mistakes. Her five years. Yeah. Her, yeah, for sure. Her 10 years since she was in jail for 10 years. Okay. Yeah, you can hope that all you want. We don't know if that <laughs> happened. I don't think it did. Um yeah. and if she escaped, I feel like that just gave her more like incentive to do or to talk her shit because she right. swore she was immoral and invincible. Right. So we'll, but we don't know. We don't At know. the end of the day, that was our case. <laughs> That's our case <laughs> for this week. You know, you guys know I like to um, teeter totter between men and then women, you know, because I love women. And I just think that they're evil, too. So <laughs> we should hear about them. And when I happened upon this t- case completely by accident, I was like, oh, there's, it's a no brainer. I'm covering it. So the Negress Slayer. The Negress. I don't know if you noticed, I but, like, like it, but they're clearly still saying Negroes. And that, like, 
1912. My Chris neighbor calling. They were spitting on us and calling us when we were just trying to have unsegregated schools. Like they were like spitting and hawking loogies on our water fountains in 1965. (sighs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much if you're on Patreon for watching. And And if you ever need to just sit and digest this info, (laughs) you are not alone. No, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to push pause. Like, don't be afraid, bitch, to turn us off. Listen to us another day. Listen to it in segments, Mm -hmm. ho. Like, whatever helps you need to meditate. Absolutely. Whatever helps your mental health. Also, shout out to Tina, who is one of our new Patreon subscribers. My homegirl is subscribed to the all access level. So oh, good for her. So that means she gets everything that we have to get out. Every video, every, you know, mini case video, everything that I have to put out, she gets no questions asked. So mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Also, I want to thank. Hey, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tina. Girl. I also, I also want to thank Gianna. Hey, girl. And, hey, girl. And I want to thank. Janae, who is subscribed to our official Patreon level. And I also want to thank James. James went up in a level. He's now on our all access. So, yay. Yeah. Welcome, James. Welcome aboard. (laughs) And if I did name you, I just want to thank all of our new Patreon subscribers. Any level that you're at, we are fucking grateful that you even want to see more of our faces and hear our voices talk our shit. So, Again, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me. <laughs> <laughs>